make a new theme song for the podcast. It'll be fun, they said. The voices in my head, they said. <laughs> good times come and good times go and when they do, hold on to these bones and feathers, herbs and stone, words and weather, hearth and home. Hippie witch, hippie witch, magic with the switch of your mind. So kind and believe in. Hippie witch, season three, my favorite number. Nice. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 472 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.hippiewitch.com joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on blog talk radio where you will also find a link to my website i used to link to all of the show notes on blog talk radio but some of you told me that you cannot access that on your phone your mobile devices and what have you so from here on out i'm just going to put those links on my website so this episode tarot no questions asked with the tarot lady, a.k.a. Teresa Reed, will have links to the tarot lady, a.k.a. Teresa Reed, because she is today's very special guest. I'm super happy to kick off season three of the podcast with one of my all-time favorite witches, astrology expert and teacher, tarot expert and teacher Teresa Reed and because I thought it would be really really fun to create a new theme song for season three I had it in my head it was awesome in my head but I wasted so much time trying to make what was in my head happen in GarageBand since I wasted so much time doing that (laughs) I'm pretty much just going to leave this episode, the interview, so I can get it up in a timely fashion because I wanted to get it up on a Monday. I wanted to launch this season three. And if you're confused, if you're new to the podcast and you're like, why are you on episode 472 and this is only season three, it's because this year I decided to start going seasonal. And then sometimes it jumps numbers because I make private podcast episodes for Patreon, and I count those. We have a tier there called The Brave. And so every month on Patreon, I make two episodes of The Brave that are really like hippie witch bonus content. So that is why the numbers are the way they are. And speaking of Patreon, I'm going to thank the brand new awesome people who are supporting the podcast over there and helping the kid and I keep a roof over our heads. And yes, that was the kid on the theme song. He wants to be a part of it and I kind of love it. And some of you do too. I hear from you. So I guess Tanner Golf Ball DeVoe is my sidekick, my theme song 
sidekick, it's very difficult to get the levels right when you're doing multiple tracks. And I have a very parrot-like, high-pitched voice with a lot of uh, treble <laughs> and not very much bass. And I am not an audio engineer. Like that literally was the best I could do after sweating over it for hours. So please don't yell at me if you are an audio engineer or if you're like, this could be better. No, it could not. <laughs> it could not be better. That is my absolute best, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Thank you to anyone who has ever supported the Hippie Witch podcast over on Patreon. But a special thanks must go out to new patrons, Jenny Pham or Pham, Cheryl C.B., Heather Wilson, Layla Lely. Lay, this is a beautiful name. L-A-L-E-I. How would you pronounce that? How do you pronounce that? Lalei? Lalea. Ooh, that's pretty. They're all pretty. Uh, Alicia, Jessica Nab, Mo Ekval, and Bill Good. Good, Bill Good. Welcome, 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 welcome. I also want to say I'm going to be doing a dedicated Biz Witch episode later on this week because I have a new ebook, a little free ebook, a little one. It's not as big as the Hippie Witch ebook, a little ebook called The Tao of Biz Witchery. It is about if you are a biz witch, if you have a spiritual business online, it's about how that can become a spiritual practice, how mine is my spiritual practice, how I have learned so much about my own shadow. And just in talking to coaching clients over the years, it's just interesting how so much fear comes up, but also so much empowerment and our ability to connect, our self-esteem. It's so much wrapped up in being a spiritual entrepreneur. So I'm going to be doing some biz witch stuff coming up. If you want to get a jump on that and you're on Twitter, you can follow me at biz underscore witch. I just started this a week ago. I'm very happy. I have a dedicated Twitter account to only talk about biz witch stuff because I know not everybody wants to hear about that. And I want to talk about it. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm talking about it over on Twitter, on the Twitters. And I will link to that in the show notes. And I will link to a video that I have been threatening to make for a very long time. People have been asking me to make this for a very long time. And I keep saying, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And finally, I did. It's a video on how to customize your Twitter experience. So no more drama, no more getting yanked around by political football, people yelling at each other, angry people. There's a way to customize Twitter. It's the reason why Twitter is one of my all-time favorite, 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 favorite places to hang out on the internet. I find it fun, but I know why other people don't. That's why I very selfishly made that video because I want you to know that you can do this and it can be fun for you too. And then we can all hang out together. And isn't that nice? Also, we're going to do a little giveaway. Let's see how this goes. I usually do this stuff for Patreon, but knock on wood. I hope all goes well. I'm going to make this a Twitter giveaway, but I have a copy a brand new, beautiful, unused copy of Tarot No Questions Asked by Teresa Reed. If you want to win 
this book, you must live in the, in the continental, I was going to say the United States, but you need to live in the continental United States. I apologize to anybody who wants the book, but does not live in the continental United States. It's just easier for me and cheaper for me to mail it. That's why. That's the rule. And then go over to Twitter Follow biz underscore witch. I was not able to get biz witch because somebody, somebody years ago opened a biz witch account over there. Like that's their username. And then they were there. It's funny. I looked to see what she was posting. <laughs> she posted a couple of times and was like, yeah, this place sucks. And then she never went back. So I was tempted to write to her and be like, hey, can I please have that username? But I didn't feel like messing with it. So I am biz underscore witch, biz witch on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the tarot lady on Twitter. That's Teresa. And then tag us both in one post telling us which tarot card you feel best represents you today right now. If you were a tarot card today, what tarot card would that be and why? And why? And I'm not going to make this a popularity contest. Anybody who does that, I will put your name in a hat. I will draw the name. And then somewhere around Halloween-ish, after this episode has had some time to circulate, I will pick a name. I will announce the winner on the podcast. And, and I'll tell you on Twitter. So, you will know you won, and then I'll send you the book, because books, books, we love books around here, and this is a good one, tarot, no questions asked, mastering the art of intuitive reading, practical techniques, and exercises from the tarot lady, that's what we're talking about here on the show today. There are quite a few highlights from this interview, for me personally, anyway. I really appreciate that when I asked her, how in the heck does she do all the things? Teresa Reed does all the things. It's stunning to behold as a person who feels like I do a lot. I'm very ambitious. I'm a very busy witch. Still, I look at someone like Teresa and I'm like, how are you doing all of this? I really appreciated that her immediate answer was, first of all, I currently have no kids at home. I am not like mothering anybody. I'm not a stay-at-home mom right now. Those days are over for me. And as a mom, as the sole caretaker of the Tanner Golf Ball DeVoe, oh, it was good to hear. It's good to hear. An awesome biz witch tip is to never, ever get into the comparison trap. And if you are a single parent or a working parent, never, ever, ever compare yourself to someone who is not because obviously you have limited time. Just don't compare yourself to anyone ever for any reason because it's not productive it's not productive so that's a good tip <laughs> and that was a good reminder when I asked her about that and I also really appreciated that she's been reading tarot cards for over three decades and she has lost no enthusiasm for it and you'll hear in the interview coming up, it can be a hairy, scary business at times. And I love that 
her attitude is one of joy and playfulness and fun. Because again, I think that is another biz witch tip. If you don't love it, if it's not fun, it is not going to be sustainable, especially when things get really busy or stressful. If you listen to my last episode here, you heard me talking about being stressed out and having compassion fatigue. We find ourselves in unusual circumstances right now in 2020, and it just hit me late, late into the pandemic. I had a, like a little, ah, I can't do all this kind of stress freak out. Um, so when moments like that happen, when things get really busy and people start coming at you or life just gets hectic, if you don't love, if you start an online business or any business and you don't love it, it's just not going to be sustainable for you. It's going to be something that you grow to resent. So I really appreciated that she said that. And then I also just want to say <laughs> this interview doesn't really have an official beginning because she showed up, we recorded this on Zoom. She showed up on camera. She didn't know that it was not an on-camera interview with her gorgeous silver hair that I love so much. I find that very distracting. So we had to talk about her hair because it's badass. You should go follow her on Twitter so you can see her badass hair. So that's how things start around here. <laughs> First, we're going to talk about her hair, and then we will get into tarot. No questions asked. I always love your hair, by the way. Thank you. It's so gray and messy today, and it's just one of those days. Because it's humid here, you can't do anything with it. I feel like you could have an alternate career being one of those Instagram ladies who do the gray hair, silver hair. <laughs> you know, like there's a whole career you can have around now having hair like yours. <laughs> well, it's my gray pride, we call it. So yeah, I, I see a lot of um, fellow gray haired ladies out there doing it. So it's who knows? Pretty. It's funny to see women in their 20s doing it. I know. Some of them are dying the hair, the color. That's I'm like, what? really? Yes, that's what I mean. I'm like, okay, well, if you just want to get to it, go ahead. <laughs> well, I started going gray early, like, you know, in my 30s. And it's so funny because I decided one day I'm not going to diet anymore. I don't like these chemicals. It's a hassle. And one of my clients came into the office and she said, are you, are you going gray? And I'm like, uh, yeah. She goes, you won't, you're not going to let it go, are you? I said, yes, I am. She goes, you won't last a couple months from now. You're going to be dying it again. I said, oh, is that a bet? And she goes, yeah, watch. And I said, okay, well, now that, now that we throw down the gauntlet. And so I haven't done my hair at all in years. And I just let it go out. And I'm like, I'm almost 60 years old. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to pretend I'm 20. You're the wrong person to challenge that way. Has your, hus <laughs> has your husband tapped into the magic of reverse psychology and like gotten you to do things by being like, I bet you can't do that. Oh, no. He knows that I'll probably figure that out, too. I'm too intuitive for that. I know when he's up to no good. <laughs> but one thing that's really funny with him is, so I'm like a gift guesser. If someone gets me a, a gift, oftentimes I can guess it. I, I have to really be surprised. So he discovered that if he gets me distracted by making me really mad about something else, I, I'm totally tapped out. I can't tune in. So he's learned how to do that. <laughs> He just it's only pissed. fair. It's only fair. If you're going to be married to someone like you, I feel like you need special gifts to navigate that. So it's like well, an equal playing field. Yeah, or a whole lot of a whole lot of what would be the other word? 
a whole lot of like street smarts. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Well, I, I would just love to include all of that in the interview because it's fun. It's fun yes. to know you because, so we're just going to say the interview has already begun. Okay. And I want to thank you for being one of the least problematic people ever, ever, ever to do an interview with. It's just so easy. You're such a pro and I always feel super confident about it because I know (laughs) it's going to go well. I'm very reliable. That's one thing, you know, that people know about me is I'm reliable. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And, you know, I've got people who've been in my life. I mean, I'm still friends with my high school friends. I'm reliable. So if I say I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Wow. So you're coming up on 60 and you're still friends from high school. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 60 in a couple of years and I'm still friends with all my friends from high school. My best friend from high school, I see her once a year. I, I'm into long-term relationships. So, you know, I have some clients too who've been with me from the jump in my career, 30 years. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I prefer long-term. I think when you have strong long-term relationships and good close friends and family and clients, it really enhances the quality of your life. Well, that interests me too because of the nature of what you do. You are a rock star in certain circles. You are a public person, I think by necessity, to make your business run the way it does and put out all the books that you put out. And, you know, there's marketing involved in that. And it really helps to have a name and a personality that people connect to. So it's probably grounding and really healthy to have those relationships with people that have known you forever. You need those in your life. You really need long-term friendships and relationships of some sort in your life because it does ground you. It keeps you real. It keeps your feet firmly planted on the ground, especially if you're going to be a public figure. When you get to be a public figure, even, I mean, I consider myself a very small fish in the world, but public enough that I do have people stop me and recognize me, which is kind of freaky. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when that happens, you need to make sure that you have some real people in your life because oftentimes when you, quote unquote, belong to the public, well, there's always uh, problems that come with that too. Yes. And I think now in the time of cancel culture where people can just sort of turn on you en masse, it's just so nice to have that foundation of friendships so you don't get so caught up in that. Like that's just a wave that's happening on the internet, but the people that know and love you for the real person you are. Right. And, you know, cancel culture is so weird, too. Sometimes people get canceled over things that I look at. And I'm like, really? And then there's sometimes where it's like, OK, well, you really went beyond the pale and I get it. But it's very weird. And that also you, you need to have you need to have your good, solid support in your life. And I also think that there's a thing where people like to build people up and tear them down, too. Yes. Uh, that I, is I, a thing. Oh, yeah, especially like with actors and musicians. Like I look at Anne Hathaway, and I was just talking about this the other day, that Anne Hathaway, you know, is a very talented actress, and suddenly she had all these people turning on her, and they even call themselves Hathahaters. I'm like, really? You want to tear this woman down? Just, if you don't like it, just go about your business. Leave her alone. You know, it's weird. Yes, I'm always very suspicious now just because I've – been in this game for a while when people come on very very strong with this you are so amazing I love you I want to be you I'm like okay 
I'm going to take yep. note of this because often it's those people that will turn. <laughs> those are always the ones who turn, actually. Yeah. They're always the ones who turn. You know, I, I find that to be very, very true. It's like they're, they're gung-ho and then suddenly they disappear, they get mad, and they're the first ones to, um, you know, get angry and want to, I guess, do a backlash when you don't live up to their projections of what they expect you to be. Yes, yes. You're not the cartoon character they thought you were. You're actually a dynamic human. Right, with flaws. Yes. That's the other thing. We have flaws. I mean, nobody is perfect. And, you know, I've got a few friends who are really famous, and I've had many conversations with them behind the scenes, too, about what a weird thing it is to be a public figure. And one of my friends one time said, it's kind of like a dog and pony show. I said, yeah, but you know what? You kind of got to just get used to it. There's not, there's nothing you can do. You can fight it. You can get freaked out about it, or you can be gracious and kind and also make sure you have healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. Those boundaries. I have a question for you. That's very selfish. I love selfish questions. (laughs) Okay. This is so self-serving. How in the hell are you doing all these things you do. I'm not sure if I haven't been on Instagram for a while, but I know like almost every day you are on Instagram doing a live reading situation. You're on Twitter a lot. You're on Patreon now. You seem to always have a book in progress or it's just been published and, and you're marketing it. And then you have a functioning tarot business. How many of you are there? Ah. <laughs> Just one, and I'm hyper-organized. Everything in my life, this is the key. Everything in my life is scheduled. Every single thing. I have a very strict schedule for everything. But I also want to say one thing, Joanna. I mean, my kids are grown adults. I'm not raising small kids. I don't have teenagers in the house. So uh, there is one thing that I want people to remember when it looks like, oh, my God, you're doing so much. I'm not raising little kids anymore. When my kids were small and I was co-parenting with my ex-husband, I didn't have time to write, and social media wasn't a thing then. I don't think I would have had time to be doing that. You know, I did very little marketing back then. It was all word of mouth. Then I discovered the Internet, but by that time, you know, my kids were teenagers and starting to become adults. And so I will say... I don't have that. And my parents are gone. I'm no longer caretaking my parents. So I have time. And that's very important for people to hear because I don't want people assuming that I'm like some miracle worker and superwoman and that I'm just like constantly doing this. And I've got, I've got more time than a lot of other people do because of the stage of life I'm in. And again, uh, I've got no parents and my children are grown adults, totally functional. But Even with that, I'm hyper-organized. I mean, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do after brushing the teeth and making the bed, well, and of course, taking care of cats, is I make sure that I get all that little social media stuff out of the way. And I'm efficient. I do it very, very fast. I work quickly. So it looks like I'm spending hours doing social media. I actually spend very little time on social media. I only check in here or there. And the one I check in on the most on, is Twitter because it's the one where I have the best conversations. So I spend very little time on there. Very, very. I would say if I had to estimate how much time do I spend on social media, um, maybe about 45 minutes a day. That's Mm -hmm. it. And with Patreon, now Patreon, I've just, I started Patreon this year as a way to give people access to classes, as a way to give extended card of the day and to do my political astrology, which is one of my passions, and just have a place for people to go and to learn from me. 
Patreon, I actually resisted, but I had a, I had like a friend saying, you should do Patreon, Patreon. You can teach on there. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I don't like teaching online. It's a headache. And they're like, no, 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 no. You can put it under one roof. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what about the marketing? They said, no, no, no. Patreon will do the replays. It will send people emails and reminders. I'm like, okay. So I gave it a shot and that's why I'm on there. And Patreon, I do devote some time to because I am, I'm transitioning now in my career and focusing completely on writing and teaching and getting away from doing reading. So I'm putting a lot of energy into really building a community on Patreon that's going to help tarot and astrology lovers and people who want to go pro really get some support. Mm. Patreon is a game changer. I was on there for a long time before I understood the power of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's about community. It really is about community. And what's so fun is there are little private nooks and crannies where you can kind of have your own social media. And so you don't have strangers just trolling you randomly in the middle of your conversation and people can share at a deeper level. And I imagine that's pretty important when you're talking tarot and astrology. Absolutely. And the other thing that's really wonderful about Patreon, I mean, the people pay to be there. So, you know, you're not going to be dealing with people who really don't get you. It's usually the people who get you. And if the people don't get you, they can leave, which is really lovely. One thing I like about Patreon is people can come and go. They don't have to commit to a community like you have to do in some communities. They can come in, they can get what they want. They could say, right now, my budget doesn't meet this, or maybe this is what I want anymore. And they can go and it's no hard feelings. But the people who really get you are there and they're supporting you and it really deepens your relationship with them. So I found it to be quite wonderful. And some of the people that are on there have been clients of mine for a very long time. So, you know, they, they're there for the card of the day and the uh, political astrology because they, they know I'm into this kind of thing. And I just get nothing but beautiful emails from them. You know, so again, it's a way to build community. So it's a way to connect with the people who know you and get you. And it's also a way for people to kind of test drive and see if you're their cup of tea or not. Absolutely. And I definitely, I want to talk about your new book, but you said political astrology twice now, mm-hmm. and I can't let it go. What, oh. the heck are you, what are you talking about? Give us a tip. Tell us what's happening. I, I just want to give you the floor and be like, say something political, Teresa. <laughs> sure, I will. Okay. Well, you know, the first thing I do want to say about astrology, every astrologer has a thing that they're very interested in. Some people love doing people's astrology charts. I'm interested in astrology for business and how to apply it, but I'm also really curious about the politics and historical things and and trends because everything in astrology, it always happens in patterns, it always happens in trends. And so I find that to be just fascinating. It's such a great rabbit hole to go down. And, you know, I've been doing like little political astrology on the down low uh, with people behind the scenes for quite some time. You know, like in the last election, it was so interesting because I had said with uh, both Hillary and Trump, um, I said, you know, in some ways they're, they're kind of alike. And they both have that Mars and Leo. And I said, I think this is going to be a cat fight. And despite what the polls think, I don't think you should count them out. I think that, that, that he's got lucky stars that night. So don't count him out one way or another. He's going to profit from this. And so when he won, I was not shocked at all. And I had some people get really mad at me because they thought I was a Trump supporter. I'm like, no, when I look at this stuff, I look at it very neutrally. It's like, okay, who's looking good? 
who looks like they have problems. If I was their political advisor, what would I be telling them? Now, I just did a chart for election night, and we are going to be doing our election on a Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde. Uh, and I did this chart because someone was asking, are we going to know the results of the election on election night? Because they're, I mean, people are freaking out. And at the end of the day, or in the afternoon, Mercury goes direct. And I said, I think we're going to start out with some problems. I do think we'll have a clear answer on who is going to win. But I think because Mars is retrograde, it's going to be contested. And whoever starts a war when Mars is retrograde, especially a legal war, and the seventh house is going to be full that night, is going to lose. So whoever we get on election night, we're going to be stuck with whether we like them or not. Mm. That's my theory. Well, and astrology theory. It, it really uh, lends an interesting spin to the problems that we're having with the postal office when you're talking about a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> exactly. Like, ah, I feel like it's already here. It is here. And I'm telling people right now, because of what I'm looking at astrologically, look, if you are concerned, get those ballots in early. Go down, find out where to drop it into the ballot box. Make sure you get your signature validated that that vote was counted. And do your due diligence. Do your follow-up. In most states, you can check online to see if your vote got counted. Oh. Make sure you're registered before you vote. And, you know, for if you are able, if you are well enough, get in line and vote to make damn sure that your vote is counted. If you, I mean, and I don't care what side of the party you're on. I, I, again, I'm neutral about that. Whatever side you're on, it doesn't matter. If you want your side to win, then you need to not be lazy about it because this Mercury retrograde on election night, Mars retrograde on election night, well, Mercury retrograde is only a, a retrograde during the day, but it's, it's stationing direct that day. So the, the energy is still going to be weird. You might as well make sure you are on top of your game. Here's also an interesting tidbit. Both Donald Trump and Kamala Harris have their nodal return of right now. And it is active on election night, which means their fates are intertwined in some weird way. It's going to be a very karmic night for both of them. Ooh, their fates change that night. That gave me chills. Mm-hmm. These two are intertwined in some weird way. Mm. Well, we're talking about intuition i think we're supposed to be <laughs> um and that's one of the ways my intuition shows itself in a very mm -hmm. physical way like i'll get chills or yes. flip flop sometimes i just get a knowing sometimes i hear things like people in their mm -hmm. own voice telling me things which is very strange and some people might interpret as being a problem but i have not experienced it as a problem <laughs> But you actually talk about that in yep. Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. I love that you broke down the primary clairs, which is really what I'm talking about with those sensations coming up mm -hmm. and just recognizing them as intuition. Or sometimes it's just like you're talking about the nodal return and it's just like a yes kind of thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so... How does your intuition present itself most strongly to you? 
It's definitely clairsentient. I feel things. I also am an energy reader. I can read energy really well. I can feel it. I can sense things. I get body sensations. Uh, I also would say I'm clairvoyant would be my second one where I get like prophetic dreams. I can see weird things here and there. Um, And sometimes I get what I call musical oracles where songs will come on and there's always a message in there for me, which makes me sound crazy. But I'm just very sensitive and super plugged in. But my main sense, it is very physical, just like yours. I mean, I get it in my body. I'm very into my body and I feel something. And when I feel something in the body, I know it's, it's for real and I'm not going to ignore it. Have you ever read the gift of fear by Gavin DeBecker? No, but that's definitely a title. I would pick anything about fear. I will pick it. Yes. Well, his book and Gavin DeBecker, by the way, is the guy who uh, helped Jeff Bezos uncover who shared his text with his girlfriend to the world. So he's a detective of some sort, but he wrote a book called The Gift of Fear. And and really, it's a book about how our intuition tries to protect us. But we ignore it because our culture teaches us, especially women, that we're supposed to be nice. And so we'll get a gut feeling like, ah, this guy is no good. And we ignore it. Or we get a feeling like I shouldn't take that job or I shouldn't go into this situation. And so many times when we're feeling that, we talk ourselves out of it. We think you're being irrational. You're being judgmental. That's a big one. You're not being nice. You know, and that gets us in a lot of trouble. Your intuition is here to serve a purpose. It is here to protect you. And your physical body I mean, look at dogs when they're coming in up against each other on the street. You'll see sometimes their hair bristle. That's their body letting them know this other dog's not friendly. We get that with people all the time and we ignore it. Why? Oh, yes. Because we're conditioned to not, to like throw that by the wayside. And we shouldn't. You give some awesome hairy examples in this book too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It makes it awesome. It's it's really fun to read about somebody in danger when you know they made it out. <laughs> I've got some great stories. I've gotten myself in plenty of weird positions with interesting people. And, you know, uh, I'm kind of a risky girl. And But it's been fascinating to see how the intuition has worked for me. Or even like the prophetic dreams. Like just weird random dreams. All of a sudden it's like, what the hell, this is so weird. But it's not weird to me because I grew up in a household that none of this stuff was weird. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that too, because you talked about your mom. You actually shared, not in a deeply emotional way, Mm -hmm. but you shared the story of your mom passing away and how you knew. And that really was interesting that you talk in the book about how your mom and your dad's mom had Mm -hmm. your gifts and influenced you. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Absolutely. So my folks are farm folks, eighth grade educated. And this one thing, when people hear like, oh my God, you know, yes, my parents come from kind of a hillbilly background, you know, if you want to call it whatever you want to call it, but they're farm folks, simple rural farm folks, eighth grade educated. And their families also were not very educated. But one thing that's very interesting is in order to survive, you have to sometimes go by your wits. And sometimes I would even ask myself, how did these two make it as far in the world as they did? Well, it's because they had to let their intuition guide them. Of course, you know, they made their other critical mistakes in life based on, you know, not having the knowledge or wisdom, but they had that innate 
weird thing. I mean, intuition was honored. If you had an omen or a sign, that was never looked at as a weird thing. That was respected. So my mother, uh, my father wasn't really intuitive. My mother was very intuitive, very plugged into that. And that was her way of having to make it in the world. You know, so she had to rely on that greatly. And her mother also was very psychic. She would tell stories of ghosts. She would tell stories of banshees and all this other stuff. And we loved that stuff when we were kids. We ate it up. It was like, yeah, grandma, tell us this. And then my other grandmother on my father's side was super religious. So the interesting with her, we lived with her. She would like light candles for this saint and that saint. And, you know, if something would happen then, she'd be like, see, it's a miracle. So, I mean, I think this stuff is really cool to grow up in a background like that. Uh, You've got on one hand, the mother who's got all these psychic experiences and the grandmother who's got stories of ghosts. And then you've got this other grandma was making miracles happen by, you know, going to church and being super religious. So it was the perfect breeding ground for me to become really connected with my intuition and to use it to my advantage. That is so special because a lot of people that are witchy, they -hmm. have to unlearn old programming. They have to undo all this old stuff junk that's been done to them so they can get back to what they knew as children. And it sounds like you never had to do that, that you were able to embrace your intuition from a young age. Did you have a period where you rebelled against all of that and thought it was bullshit? Or did you just take it with you going forward as a kid? Never, ever once did I ever rebel it or doubted it because I knew it worked. It always proved it always proved to be accurate. Whenever I did not listen to my intuition, just like Gavin DeBecker says, I was in learning a lesson. I thought, you know, you could have avoided this if you would have listened to your damn gut. So I knew early on that it was helpful, that it was valid, that it really helped me to navigate the world too. Sometimes, you know, with intuition, you're gathering information. There's no facts. You don't know why you're feeling it. But later on, Later on, that's when you start to see, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, I've never doubted it ever. That's never even been in question. And when I started um, working with tarot and astrology, I got into that when I was 15 years old. You know, so I've been, I had a tarot deck in my hands for 40 years. And I still keep learning every day, of course. But I also found that it gave me so many profound answers especially during the times where I needed it. It helped me to tune in and to really plug into something greater than myself so I could begin to look at, okay, what is really happening here? So I don't know. I've always been a believer. There's never been any doubt. Can we talk about why it's useful? Because if you're a person that's raised in a family that embraces intuition and you're very intuitive, why do you need tarot cards? What does that do for you? Well, tarot cards are a wonderful tool for tapping into your intuition, in my opinion. You know, a lot of people are very visual. I'm a very visual person. I love beautiful things. I love beautiful, handsome men. Uh, You know, I like pretty things. And when you look at like a work of art, it evokes a feeling. And tarot cards are like that. When you look at them, you look at the images, they... You know, they're, the symbols, they, they bring up feelings for us. And even if you can't read tarot, your intuition knows when you look at the Three of Swords, there's pain here. There's something that's problematic. So I think it's a great way to help people in a very visual sense to really begin tapping into their feelings and 
going from there and seeing, you know, what is what are my feelings trying to tell me? Why is this image making me feel this way? That's how you begin developing your intuition. And tarot is a perfect tool for people who don't trust it. I mean, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I don't really need the cards because I get my feelings and I just say what I say. But they're still a beautiful visual aid. And there's something about looking at them that is just so pleasurable to me. Mm-hmm. There's something about the physicality of it that I find that comforting too. too. Like just having it in your hands and touching the cards and shuffling them. There's something so grounding about that. Yeah, well, also, you know, I grew up Catholic, and Catholic was very, it's all about ritual. And so getting ready to do a reading is very ritualistic. You are shuffling cards. You've got the candles lit. I've got oils anointed. I've got everything set up. I mean, it really does feel like a little confessional here. So, uh, yeah, that is absolutely grounding, but it's a ritual. And as soon as I start the shuffling and i got those candles lit, boom, I am ready to roll. Yes, yes. I love that in the book too, you compare, well, you emphasize the need for practice, ongoing practice, which you really just reiterated now saying you're always learning. If, if, if Teresa Reed is always learning, you all need to be always learning (laughs) because she is the terrible lady and she's been doing this for over 30 years. But I love that you compare it to being a musician. You don't learn mm-hmm. how to play the piano and then you're done. Nope. Especially if you want to be a professional, you're going to be practicing piano all the time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I read every tarot book that I can get my hands on. And uh, unless, you know, the book isn't interesting to me, then I might chuck it. But I love to read different tarot books. I love taking classes. I love going to tarot conferences and learning from other tarot people who've been doing this a long time and getting different perspectives. I mean, I, I like taking astrology classes. I'm always learning something because I know that I'm going to walk away with some nugget. Like maybe I only walk away from one different way of looking at the five of swords, but that's still going to help me to become a better reader. And I think uh, there's an episode of King of the Hill where Peggy Hill, she's a teacher, is a cartoon. And she says, I'm a teacher. I'm done learning. And I I think that's the funniest thing because (laughs) there are so many people who get like that, who think, well, I've mastered this. I'm a master. And you know what? No, 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 no. You never master it. Tarot and astrology will master you. You've got to keep learning. You have to. Mm. It's good for you. You can do your tarot size. I love that there's tarot sizes all through this book. Tarot sizes, you know, here's, here's the fun thing is, um, you know, I've worked, I've taught to students over the years and a lot of the tarot sizes in the book are things that I've done with my students. Uh, same like with my astrology book too. Those are lessons that are right out of the classroom. And also when I was making my podcast, Tarot Bites, I did one card at a time. And one of the things that's very important is that you want to look at those cards in many, many different ways. So I have all kinds of tarot sizes, some that I've worked with students and some that have just been through my own exploration. And it's really fun because when you do these little exercises, you have lots of aha moments. You start looking at the cards differently and critically. And ultimately, my goal is to get people a peek inside my tarot brain so that they can develop their own voice and their own thoughts and their own philosophies about the cards. And you're only going to do that by seeing how somebody else kind of puts it together. Yes. I like kind of that there's a smackdown though, at the beginning of the book where you're mm-hmm. like, we are here to talk about intuition, but first 
know what the damn cards mean. <laughs> oh, my. Listen, you know what drives me nuts? There is nothing that drives me crazier than people who say, okay, well, we're going to teach you how to read intuitively. Just throw the book away. And whatever you see on the card, just describe it. And I don't think that's really smart because, first of all, the last thing I ever want is somebody who studies with me um, not being able to answer simple questions like, what is the difference between the major and minor arcana? You should have a good tarot foundation. You should know all the basics. You should know the traditional meanings of those cards. You should know about the numbers. You should know those because that is giving you a foundation that is going to make you a better reader. And I like to think of the formal tarot education, if you want to call it formal, it's kind of like the foundation of a house, okay? You need a good, solid foundation. Otherwise, the house sinks, right? And your intuition is more like it's the interior designer that comes along and makes everything beautiful and brings it all together. So your intuition will function better if you have that foundation. So when people hear someone say, toss that book, no, don't toss that book. Learn the basics. Read the little white books that come with your tarot decks. Look through them. Get ideas. Learn all the basics. Know the structure of your deck. And from there, you will have the beautiful foundation so that your intuition can flourish. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, when you know all the tarot traditional stuff, it gives you a jumping off point. I mean, if you know, for example, that the five of wands means competition, if you're doing a reading and you draw a blank and you're like, uh, oh yeah, competition. Okay, that's a jumping off point. Now let my intuition fill in the details. Yeah, yes. Maybe maybe it would be fun to explain the difference between major arcana and minor arcana. I don't know why my mind just like grabbed that when you said it, but I was like, <laughs> let's go there because maybe somebody's brand new to tarot and you said that and they're like, but, but, but I don't know. What is the difference? What is she talking about? Well, here, here's what it is. Um, the tarot deck is, in a traditional tarot deck, there's 78 cards. Some modern decks, by the way, have more cards than 78, and that's fine. But I'm a traditionalist when it comes to that. I prefer a deck with 78, just saying. And this is divided into two sections, the major and the minor. 22 cards compri comprise the major arcana. And the major arcana symbolizes the big lessons in life. This is the big picture. This is your journey. This is the spiritual stuff that you're collecting along the way. This is about your growth. And the minor arcana, and there's 56 cards in the minors, those are the day-to-day -day things that you can control. Those are the day-to-day -day things that make up our daily life, like our relationships, the, our, our vocation, um, our hobbies, our passions, our conflicts. Those are all the things that make up daily life. I like to think of the major arcana is kind of like the things that are controlled by fate, where minor arcana, this is the stuff that you have in your life that you can deal with and the people in it too. Fate. Oh my gosh. That's a word that brings up a lot of stuff for me. <laughs> what's it brings up a lot of stuff for a lot of people actually. What's your take on fate? Here's what I believe. I have one foot firm. This is spoken like a true Gemini. I have one foot firmly in both camps, both fate and free will. I do think there are some things that are fated that we can't explain. There are certain, like, how, how is it that I ran into my husband on that one fateful night and we connected? We've been together 30 years, you know? Who knows? I mean, but there is also free will. We have choices. We have many, many choices that we make every single day of our lives.
And while there may be some events that are fated or people that maybe are fated to be in our lives, or maybe even like uh, someone might have a particular skill that they come out of the gate with, you know, that's fated. But we still have to show up and we have to make decisions. We have to make decisions every single day of our life. So like, for example, tarot can show where you're headed and what the most likely outcome is. But if you don't like that outcome, well, you could change things. It's not like you can't tweak your fate. Um, and it's, I will say also the most frustrating people to read tarot for are the people that assume that life just happens to them. Just tell me whatever you see, whatever you say. You know, I don't want to tell you too much. Just tell me what you see. I don't want to influence things. And it's like, oh, this is someone who believes that life is just happening to them. And it's like, no, 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 no. Life is happening for you. And your fate, a lot of your fate is determined by the choices that you're making right now at this moment. Yes. You have, what is across the top of your Twitter? Something about how the tarot will tell you the story, but you write the ending. Yep. The cards tell a story, but you write the ending. Yes. Robert Ojado has a book called Fate into Destiny. Something like that. Changing Fate into Destiny. That's kind of how I think life gives you a deck of cards. Here's like, here's the cards you've been dealt. How are you going to play it? I can't, I mean... I had a son when I was 20. The day after I turned Mm -hmm. 20, he was born. That son has extreme autism. Mm -hmm. That is the card that I was dealt. There are so many different ways I could take that. There are so many different choices that I could have made. And and I think that's the difference between fate and destiny. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I look at so many things in my life, so many incidents, so many twists and turns that have been, that have happened along the way and the choices I've made. And, um, when I started making, you know, different decisions about certain other aspects of my life, I look at how life could have been too. And I really think about that quite critically. And it's like, wow, you know, okay. Some of these decisions weren't so great, but some of these were really, really important that I did that. And some of these were really good. And, you know, again, we can change right now. You and I can change our fate. We can decide to go on a Thelma and Louise adventure and say, screw everything. And I can guarantee that you and I would change our lives dramatically if we decided to do that. (laughs) You know? So, I mean, there's always a choice. There's always a decision. Always. And you can turn the beat around. I just want to say too, because I made very bad decisions for like the first decade of my adulthood. It was not Girl, good. so did I. It was not I good. Terrible. <laughs> I made some terrible decisions. And I don't look back at that, though. I don't know how you feel about it. I never look back like, oh, my God, you, you idiot. I look back, I'm like, wow, I learned so much. This was really adventurous. I figured out who I was. I needed to goof up so I could get back on track. So I never look at that with any shame. I always look back at the big, quote, unquote, mistakes I made as being really critical because they made me who I am today. Absolutely. The the one thing that I don't feel that way about is anytime I hurt other people. I, I Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I tend to carry that around with me like, oh. <laughs> like it's that is a little burden that I wear around my neck and I'm Nobody sad. likes hurting other people though, unless you're a sadist. That's true. That is true. So do you, when you're reading, although you're going to be pivoting out of this phase Mm -hmm. of your tarot career, but when you're reading for someone, do you offer some sort of guidance or counseling? We are always looking at guidance. 
we're mm-hmm. always looking at guidance. So let's take a look. Let's see what's coming. And let's see how we can make some great decisions here. And every once in a while, I'll get somebody who will say, well, what should I do? And I always have to tell them, and I'm very good at separating this. I'm like, well, let me tell you, first of all, what the cards are showing. And we're going to look at that for guidance. And now I'm going to tell you my opinion. And my opinion has nothing to do with these cards. And let me get my opinion out of the way. And then let's see what the cards have to say. So I always let people know, this is my opinion. That it's not, that doesn't, you can take that for what it's worth. But now here's what the cards are showing. And sometimes they are aligned and sometimes they're very radically different. And ultimately the person has to, again, figure out what's best for them. We can explore options together, but I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. I will tell you what the cards are showing and my opinion. You can take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Not everybody likes my opinion either. I've got very strong opinions about certain things. I have a feeling that's why some people have hung with you for 30 years though, too, because if they value your opinion, they're going to hang around. I also think you're an evil mastermind for doing the tarot coloring book. I thought about this one day. I was like, <laughs> do you know what she's doing? She's getting these kids while they're young. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I got into tarot when I was young. I I mean, I was, I was 15 years old in astrology. And by the way, I love kids. And I laugh because I'll say I'm not a kid person. Let me tell you, if there's a group of kids, they're always going to make a beeline for me. I'm the gray haired lady. I'm wearing a shirt with a cat on it. I've got tarot cards. I mean, I've always been the cool aunt. Uh, my kids used to be embarrassed me, but their friends thought, oh, my God, your mom. So I get along fabulously with young people. And also, I remember what it's like being a kid and being interested in these things. And I think I have a way of presenting it to young people to show them, look, this is to help you. This is not anything oogie boogie or scary. This is stuff that can help you. It can guide you. It can help you like it helped me. Because when you start understanding yourself at an early age, you are more likely to make better decisions for yourself. So frankly, I think one of the best things parents can do is get their child's natal charts done when the child is born because that's going to give you a guideline on what your child needs from you. And working with that with your child will also help them to explore their strengths, their weaknesses, their problem areas in a way that's very aware and very present. So am I getting kids into it early? I hope so, because I want children to make great decisions. I want children to have great lives. That's important to me. I love kids. Oh, I love kids, too. I love people. I just like people a lot. <laughs> I do, too, unless they're mean. If they're mean, I don't like, I don't like being around mean people, and I don't like being around bummers. Uh, I want to be around people who are about taking responsibility for their lives and ready to make some changes. Yeah. And also who want to live life and have a good time. Yes. I have, a, I have an interesting tolerance for mean people. It depends on their flavor of mean, but I was an angry 30 something. I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I don't know what I was mad at, but I, 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 when I see people that have a lot of that energy, particularly when they're in their thirties, I just mm-hmm. am like, this is a phase perhaps. <laughs> and I, and I'll just be kind of cool with them and duck out of the way and, yeah. yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of happy-go-lucky, even though I'm fierce. I'm very happy-go-lucky. I'm an optimist. I like having a good time. I always say if I'm going to be at a party, I'm not looking for the smartest person in the room. I'm looking for the funniest person to hang Aww. out with. I love having a good time. And so if I'm around somebody and all they're doing is complaining, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, life isn't meant to be complained about. If there's a complaint, do something about it. I mean, this we're here for such a short time. I want to make sure that I live my life as fully with as much awareness and as much joy as possible. 
So that's important to me. I want to spread joy. There's a, a tarot reader, Arwen. She calls herself the professional joy seeker. And I love that about Arwen. She's yes. always out there trying to support and help people. And I love being around Arwen because her energy is just so beautiful. I love that. I feel like it's a little subversive to be joyful right now. I feel like joy gets a bad rap sometimes. Oh, I know. People do get mad if you're joyful. Or, you know, sometimes I, get, I love telling off-color jokes. I always say my humor is like a 14-year-old boy's. I've got very <laughs> naughty humor. And, you know, once in a while, people get really offended by that. It's like, oh, my God, she said the F word. Or, oh, my God, she told a joke about private parts. Oh, she's this terrible. And it's like... Life is meant to be enjoyed. Life is meant to be well lived. You got to be silly sometimes. And that's why I like hanging out with kids because, you know, I can be like the naughty aunt with them. And we, there's so much joy and pleasure about that. Mm-hmm. And I know right now times are really serious, but oftentimes when times are serious, that's when the comedians come out and they do the good in the world like George Carlin used to do. Oh, so yes. I think comedy is very healthy. I think it's very healing. And sometimes you got to bring joy here. And I think right now we need joy and support more than anything because it's too easy to get stuck in that dark place where you feel hopeless. And when you start feeling hopeless, you know what happens, Joanna? You give up. And yes. I'm never going to, I'm never going to give up on this world, this country, my people, my children, my peers, my clients. I don't want to give up on people. I don't want to go to that place. I always think about the swamp of sadness from the never ending story when his horse, he's like begging his horse not to sink into the swamp of sadness. I think about that all the time. It's one of my favorite spiritual teachings. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with being afraid or even feeling all anger. This is all natural and healthy too. You have to feel those feelings. And and there is righteous anger right now because there's so much injustice happening. And it is about time we get off our butts and do something about it. It's It's long overdue. So yes, getting righteous anger. I think uh, John Lewis said getting into good trouble. I'm all for that. But at the same time, let's not lose our joy. Let's not lose our sense of wonder along the way. Let's not become bitter. Let's become better. It's the magic of spiritual maturity and discernment to know like, where's the line for you? Where you yes. become, where do you become consumed with it? You know, yes. when, where does it own you instead of you owning it? You know, that's so interesting because my son recently, my son is one of the funniest people I know. But my son started getting really dark in the last couple of months. And the reason why is because he was listening to the damn news and on social media way too much. And that, that's why I spend, I'm, I'm telling you, I literally am on social media very little. I, I spend no time on Facebook. Facebook's very negative. But my son decided to delete all of his social media. And I said, you know what, honey, do that. If this is bringing out that side of you, if it is making it so that instead of you're out there being proactive, you're stewing in your juices, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Now go do that and then go register to serve at the polls and do something constructive. And you know what? He's feeling better already. Oh. Sometimes you've got to do that. You've got to unplug from that crap. If it is making you feel that way and you're becoming paralyzed by your anger or grief, then you've got to do something to like unplug from that or find a way to get involved in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, I want to talk to you about teaching because you talked about that with Patreon and empowering other people. And there's a piece of this book. 
I just noticed we're running out of time. I, I heard what you were saying. I just want to make sure that I get to talk about this part of your book that I think is really special and cool where you talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly in starting your own tarot business. Because something I notice is people go pretty quick from, I want to learn how to read tarot cards to, I want to open my own business reading tarot cards. And I think you did a great job of telling them the good, the bad, and the ugly of that journey. Well, there are some people who glamorize it. And they give people the false notion that it's quote-unquote easy money, that take the six-week course, I'll certify you, and here's a quick little business course. Now, three months later, you're, you're ready to be a tarot reader and go pro. No, 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 no. You are impacting people's lives. You need to read for a lot of people before you go pro. That's my, that's my opinion. You need to get experience. You need to read for a diverse audience. And you also need to learn how to deal with situations that nobody tells you in these classes that you're going to deal with. What do you do when you have to talk a client off the wall? What do you do if a client shows up and is inappropriate with you? What do you do if somebody decides they don't like what you told them and they're going to leave a crappy review? You've got to know this stuff because it is going to happen to you at some point. And I'm very realistic. I've been in every extreme tarot situation that you can imagine. And my goal isn't to scare people off. My goal is to say, listen, let's give you a reality check. Let's make sure you have the stomach for this because it actually is very intense work at times. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it can be a little glamorous, but there are a lot of other parts about it that nobody talks about. And I think that it's important for uh, people who are thinking about going serious with this as a career, that they get a lot of training in how to deal with clients, how to deal with situations that are very sensitive, and how to do it in a way that's going to honor the client and keep them safe, but also keep you safe. And nobody yes. teaches that. Nobody teaches this. They just yes. teach how to market. You don't need to, yeah, you need to know how to market, but you need to know how to deal with these situations with as much compassion and groundedness and common sense as possible. Maybe study some psychology. That could be helpful. And study business. That's the other thing. You know, sometimes people are like, I want to be a full-time reader. I said, do you realize you're going to have to pay for your own health insurance? And do you realize how much it costs to run a business? And when I start doing that, people think I'm being a bummer. I'm like, no, I want to make sure you're prepared. I mean, I am a full-time reader. I have to pay for all these things out of pocket. You know, so you have to make sure that you're also being realistic about that. And if you have a partner that supports you or if you feel like taking a risk, which, by the way, I felt like taking a risk when I did this because, um, like I said, I'm a risky. <laughs> I love to take risks. You know, then by all means, go for it. But have a little common sense along the way. Take some business courses. Take some psychology courses and keep learning and read for as many people as you can before you put that shingle out. You want to be confident and you want to be ready to serve whatever situation shows up at your tarot table. And I've had every situation. Oh, yes. You, I love that you share some, I mean, talk about not being glamorous. You share a story about going into maybe your intuition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe you weren't listening to your intuition, but you talk about reading and you notice something moving out of the corner of your eye and it's cockroaches and rats. And you're, I think you were at a party. Is that what happened? Oh, yeah. One of the many reasons why don't you tarot parties anymore? I had enough with that. It, you can't control the environment. And oftentimes that's where some of my worst experiences as a reader happened were at tarot parties. 
Yeah. And how do you tap into your intuition when the music is blaring and people are drunk and somebody just banged into you and somebody's that, yelling that at you? That doesn't affect me. When I'm in the no. mode, I'm in the mode. Oh, nothing. No. When I'm in the mode, I'm hyper-focused. Oh. Once I'm plugged in, I am plugged in. It takes very little to distract me unless the uh, one time I was doing a reading in a public place and some guy got mad that I was doing it and started screaming in my face at the top of his lungs, how I was going to hell and how look at me and he could buy me and sell me with my little tip jar. You know, that really uh, threw me. And I also had a lady one time at a party also that got really irate. Well, and by the way, I was right with the reading and had a fit. And, you know, sometimes you just got to leave the room, recenter yourself and come back. And so I was able to get my head back in the game. Uh, but after that, I don't th- those were early on in my career. After that, nothing threw me anymore. I got a little bit more fearless. I can imagine. How, maybe you don't want to tell this story because I don't think you told it in the book, but you mentioned that you ended up reading for a gang leader at some point. Oh my God, yes. I have to ask, is there any way we can hear like a little piece of that story? Absolutely. So many, many years ago, uh, some guy, you know, booked a party. And so anyhow, I got into the party and I have to tell you the funny part later. Also, there's a little addendum to this. So I got into the party and I walked in. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a bunch of gang members. You know, so I'm like, uh, okay. So I sit down and the, the guy was obviously like kind of a head cheese. And so he wanted me to sit there with his gang members watching and doing the reading. And, it was, <laughs> and so here's what every card he would say. He'd point to one, can, you, can I trust him? And so I'd be turning over these cards and I'm telling, I'm praying every card that I turn, please God, don't let this be like I turn over something awful and it, it ends up becomes this person's death warrant. I was like freaking out, but of course I was calm and being humorous and keeping it light. And, you know, thankfully no bad card showed up except one and it was for a girl. And I don't remember too much anymore. I said, uh, she's got a really big mouth, you know, so don't tell her anything. And everyone started laughing. They're like, oh, yeah, we call her the mouth of the South. You know, so it became really funny. It became, you know, like this really humorous thing. I could not get out of there fast enough because I was so tense. So everything worked out fine. Um, and I, I was friendly with these people for some time. Um, but I did not want to be doing parties. I mean, this was another reason why I didn't want to do parties. And so what's really funny is I was watching Training Day with my husband a couple years later. And there's a scene where Ethan Hawke is at this party that's really wonky. And they put him in a bathtub and they're holding a gun to his head. And I said to my husband, I said, oh my God, I was doing readings for a bunch of guys just like that. My husband's like, what the hell are you doing? I said, well, I didn't know. I got hired and I just went. He goes, well, what neighborhood was it? And I told him, he goes, you shouldn't. I'm like, listen, I just didn't, I just did, I did my job. When I'm hired, I do the job. And so my husband says, no more of those. And, and that was coming near the end of the whole party thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've been through some shit. Yes. And you, you lived to tell the tale. We lived to tell the tale. Nobody died that night. Everybody was fine. So, you know, uh, Tarot saved the day. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he had really good people around him. Who knows? It just goes to show you even gang members appreciate the tarot. Actually, criminals love the tarot. because oh my god yes I used to read for plenty of like drug dealers and criminals and they were coming to make sure that they weren't going to get in trouble with the law 
Mm. Of course they loved it. Yeah, they I guess that make, makes sense. Yes, they want to make, and I, you know, after a while, Joanne, I thought, you know what? I'm making these people better criminals. I got to stop reading for them. <laughs> <laughs> You're an accessory to the crime. Well, I got paranoid. I thought, you know, what if, what if suddenly the police are like, hey, why are all these guys going to her office? She mm. must be a kingpin. So I had to like get rid of uh, a whole bunch of clients. I like fired a whole bunch at the same time. Oh my gosh. This is I know, so, it's so weird. It's so fun. It's so fun. I'm really glad that I asked that. I want to repeat the name of your book because it's brand new, like fresh off the press. Tarot, No Questions Asked. It looks a little bit like it should go side by side with your coloring book. So maybe they should buy them together just because of the cover I'm looking at here with the fool on the, on the front. Is that the same image? As the nope. coloring book fool? The coloring book we have. Well, yeah, it's, it's all from the Rider Waite Smith deck. Right. Yep. Nice. So, I love it. And the Rider Waite Smith deck is the one I always tell her when to start with because most modern decks are based on that deck. So start there. Yeah. I actually love that most modern decks are based on it because I feel like I can keep going deeper and learning about that system, but using yes. different decks and, but still developing my understanding of that particular system. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So give us a URL for people who are driving in their car. I'm going to link to all your stuff, but people that are just listening, can you give them your URL so they can remember it? Absolutely. They can find me at thetarolady.com. Thetarolady.com. Do I want to ask you the same question I always ask that I definitely have asked you? I feel like I do. So who knows what, this could be a completely different answer. What is one tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Ooh, what is the one tip I have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Well, of course, you know, I would love to say get a deck of tarot cards, but I think what's really important is that you find a way to not be overly concerned with what other people think and get more concerned with what you think. Mm. I think that's very, very important. We too often spend our lives living for to please other people. And I think that will oftentimes lead you down a path where your life isn't kicking ass. Instead, you're kicking your own ass later on. Live your life on your terms. Be you. Do your thing. Don't worry about what other people think. That is Excellent advice, especially for the time we're living in. If nothing else, you can see people will come after you no matter what you do. So you might as well do what you love. Do what you love. Always do what you love. And always be, you know, as kind as possible along the way. Can't go wrong with that. Be nice. Be funny. Do what you love and get a tarot deck. Get a tarot deck. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Always a a delight to talk to you, Joanna. Yay! Season three, Hippie Witch, kicking it off with the kick-ass Teresa Reed. I actually have some music, some witchy music that I have been given permission to play on the podcast. So season three will include a bit of that. And toward the end of season three, I'm going to be making a book club announcement. We have a private book club over on Patreon. If you join us over there for $1 a month, you get a lot. You get to be a part of the book club for sure. And what are we reading right now? Right now we are reading Mexican Gothic because we wanted to have a spooky read. We just finished Conjure Women. Oh my goodness. That book is so powerful and extremely beautiful. It's awesome. 
But I ended up interviewing an author for the podcast and then just spontaneously, <laughs> like I do, I was like, hey, hey, we should make your book a book club pick. And we started talking about it. So I'm just going to do that. We're just going to see if we can have like a book club with all of us, maybe on Twitter, maybe on Instagram, something like that. So you can look forward to that. There'll be some music. There'll be some books. I've already recorded some interviews. It's going to be a good season. I want to end 2020 on a high note. I want to get into this rhythm with the seasons, which was my original intention in starting the seasons before all went to shit. <laughs> who, who could have predicted 2020? Are there any psychics out there? I know, I know some of you are going to be like, I called it. I called it. I could see it in the stars. Somebody listening right now is going to say that for sure, but I couldn't see it coming. I was not prepared, <laughs> but you know what? I have come back to myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling like my old happy hippie self, and I'm excited to get rolling on season three. Much love to you. Happy October. Peace. Oh, oh, no, no, don't go. Also, 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 I have to remind you, if you want to win a copy of Tarot, No Questions Asked, by Teresa Reed. Don't forget to go over to Twitter, like biz underscore witch. Like, favorite, follow. That's what we do on Twitter. We follow. Follow, 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 follow biz witch on Twitter. Also follow the tarot lady on Twitter and then tag us both in a post and tell us what tarot card represents you right now. What tarot card really feels like you right now? Like, how are you doing? What tarot card would you be? Let us know. May the best book nerd win! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.